Hey, Taste Buds, let me tell you about Lisa. Lisa is an innovative, direct-to-consumer online mattress brand that is also socially conscious. In fact, for every 10 mattresses that Lisa sells, they donate one to a shelter. They have this program called One because they believe in doing the right thing. They also, when it comes to the mattress itself, offer a patented universal adaptive feel. That's their own special designation of the type of comfort that you're getting with the Lisa. Lisa is designed for all types of sleepers, and now they've expanded its offerings to include the Lisa pillow, the Lisa blanket, the Lisa foundation, and the Lisa frame. That's one stop shopping from Lisa. Try a Lisa mattress in your own home for 100 nights risk-free. It's available in the US, UK, Canada, and Germany online with free shipping it is a 100% american made sh- mattress that ships compressed in a box that comes right to your front door if you want to try one out first get yourself to the lisa dream gallery in soho new york if you happen to be there or to virginia beach you can drop into the lisa uh, dream gallery and then head out to the beach also 80 west elm stores nationwide you can get on one of these mattresses and give it a test drive how about this my friends get one $125 off and a free pillow when you go to lisa.com slash carbs. $125 off plus a free pillow. That's a great deal. Lisa.com slash carbs. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash carbs. Hungry homies, I also want to talk about Hotel Tonight. Hotel Tonight partners with awesome hotels across these United States of ours to help them sell their unsold rooms, which means you get amazing deals. All it takes is 10 seconds. That's three taps and a swipe, and you're in business booking a great hotel at the last minute. No long, endless lists of a zillion hotels. Hotel Choices, Hotel Tonight only shows you the best deals at the best hotels. It's perfect. Whether you're a planner, you like to leave things to the very last minute. And with Hotel Tonight's new HT Perks program, the more you book, the better the deals get. So start scoring amazing deals at incredible hotels. Download the Hotel Tonight app now. My taste buds, my culinary comrades, we have done it. We are back. It is House of Carbs, the food podcast for the hungry people by the hungry people. I am your hungry host, and as you know, this is on the Ringer Podcast Network. My hungry home is great show today. My good pal, Brett Martin from GQ Magazine. This month's GQ has... The 13 best restaurants in these United States. We're always looking for belly sourcing information. You're going to love the interview. You're going to love the chat. You're going to love hearing him rank. We also, of course, have food news with Juliet, and we cover very important breaking news this week. But I also want to tell you about a couple stories at The Ringer right now. Ringer Podcast, of course, the Dave Chang Show is on each and every Thursday. Check it out. He and Bill Simmons have the ongoing diary around the experiences of Dave Chang opening up uh, Major Domo. And of course, on ringer.com right this second, my friends, Rock the Red isn't dead. I'm saying this in all caps. You can hear me yelling. Alexander Ovechkin and the Capitals have finally eliminated the Pittsburgh Penguins. It only took 47 tries over the last 50 years, but we did it. We made it to the conference finals. We're playing Tampa Bay. I have no idea whether they're any good or not, but I'm praying for the best. Alex Ovechkin's done it. Check out Donnie Kwok's story, ringer.com. Rock the Red isn't dead. But first, before you get over to ringer.com, Check out our good pal, Brett Martin, with this interview and the 13 best new restaurants in America. All right, 
my hungry homies, my culinary comrades. We're very pleased today. We have as a guest, uh, we're, we're going to check in on the state of food in these United States of America, the correspondent and head food critic for GQ magazine, Brett Martin. Brett, what is up? How you doing? I'm glad to be here. I'm I'm doing great. So we're I I had looked at the calendar and and uh, I was kind of wondering why it was that GQ at this in the in the in the May episode was running its sort of best restaurants of 2018. But then it kind of occurred to me, 2018 we're about halfway through it. So if you want to go try any of these restaurants, you have about six months. Um, and I know you guys have kind of a rolling criteria for for uh, new. It's kind of a 12 to 18 month thing because, you know, you, you, you can't visit every new restaurant in every city across these great United States of ours. Um, but I, I was very intrigued. I liked the way you did it. It was just 13 restaurants. And then there was a side piece, 13 uh, uh, interesting meals or interesting bites or inter- interesting dishes. Um, let me let you start talking. I'm interested in, as a starting point, your endeavor to find the perfect night. Yeah, perfect night out is what we call it. That's right. Yeah, yeah. The um, the date is is always a moving target because I mean, there's about four of us or four or five people who do this through the year. And I guess we kind of take turns. Like what Appetit does theirs in November, uh, Eater does it some other time. So basically, we take the year we take the 12 to 18 months from the last time we did it. And, and that's, that's how that happens. And we just sort of fudge the, the year number. Um, the perfect night out is, um, is kind of our way of acknowledging how insane this project is. Um, yeah. which is to say, you know, crossing the entire country, I do it by myself. Um, and, uh, and, you know, to, to kind of at least give a little gesture to how absurd the notion that we're going to get to every single new restaurant in the country is. Um, and or that my experience or my expertise is, is, is enough to say that something is is truly the best, you know. Um, so it opens things up to be, you know, a, 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 this kind of mysterious alchemical thing where you know it when you see it. It's kind of like pornography, you know. You, 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 you're in a restaurant and it's some combination of the food and the, and the noise level and the uh, and, and the lights and the, the, the where you are and the, the crowd and, and and all that kind of adds up to to what you would call a perfect night out. Um, I uh, and it gives us a lot of room. It gives me a lot of room to to, to sort of follow my heart in picking these things uh, instead of you know feeling as though I have to face you know some sort of you know mathematical criteria for for the places I love. It basically gives me a, a license to fall in love irresponsibly. Which is, I, I love that most important, uh, most important trait. So one of the things that struck me, you're based in New Orleans, right? Yeah, I am. So there, there's, right. it's gotta be hard to avoid that hometown bias because you could <laughs> do 13 best new restaurants in, in just New Orleans and nobody could, could, could really take issue with it. Yeah. Well, I could, if I didn't have two daughters at age three and one, that means that I don't go out and when I'm home at all, <laughs> especially when I've been on the road for three months, leaving them with their uh, with uh, my incredible uh, partner, girlfriend, and their mother, who has to take care yeah. of them while I'm running all around the country. Um, so, uh, so the funny thing is that I wind up eating out in New Orleans less than than uh, than your average tourist does. Um, but it is true that yes, I mean we always it's always nice to have. It gives me it's one of the places I can spend all year kind of exploring. Uh, yeah, right. There was no New Orleans on the list, um, except for some of the some of the dishes and some of uh, some late arrivals. Um, none of the thirteen were actually here at home. Right, I, I I observed that, and I was intrigued by the geographic diversity. So you went coast to coast. You covered, yeah. uh, you know, a little bit of of uh, the flyover country as well. How do you think about as you are sitting uh, on on New Year's Eve? Because I know this is how you do it. It's New Year's Eve. You're sitting at your laptop, <laughs> and you're like, "How in the f yeah. am I going to do this? Um, what what's the approach?" Yeah. Well, so there's always, I mean, you know, there's, there's probably five or six cities that, that, that I know I'm going to every year, right? New York, uh, L.A., San Francisco, Chicago, uh, increasingly Houston, D.C. Let's call them those. I'm probably missing one. Probably Seattle. Um, and then 
you know, I, I start around November. I start sending out harassing emails to this network of, of friends and, and colleagues and, and smart people around the country trying to get some nominations, uh, you know, find out what people are eating. I, I certainly see other people's lists. And I start trying to uh, piece together an itinerary that makes some sense. You know, where I'm, I can't hit every city in, in the country, um, right. but I can, I can do my best to, to um, if I didn't get there last year, I'm certainly going to try to get there this year. Um, and, uh, and I like to, I mean, one of the big benefits of not being in New York, although I was lived in New York for many, many years, I'm from Brooklyn, um, is that it is sort of, I, I feel as though I do, it's not as much of a stretch for me to imagine that one of the best new restaurants in America would be in North Carolina or would be in, in, um, I'm trying to think of where else I've, I've, I've been over here, Pittsburgh or, or, um, or someplace outside of the big coastal cities. Well, yeah. Nashville, exactly. Nashville is one right. of those, though, frankly, that I, I, I go to every year. Um, oh, okay. So, so that's how it goes. Yeah. Nashville, well, I should say, Nashville is, is coming on as one of those that I should. Uh, Charleston. Um, but, uh, but you know, it is true that it, it, what I try to do is, is target certainly a plausible, a place that I know I want to check out and then build some time for real exploration and, and discovery around that. And, and oftentimes, almost uh, a lot of time, maybe half the time, the place I went to a city to try uh, turns out to be a dud, and, and I find something else wonderful along the way. Um, but that, that's that's the basic mo. So I I, um, I want to turn to the article a little bit, and then and then talk a little bit about your your experience. One of the things that jumped out at me, and I encourage everybody get on to either go buy the the paper magazine. You can still do that in this yeah. country. You can go buy a magazine or go online gq.com and check out the best new restaurants in America. Um, I I was uh, kind of fascinated by the difficulty you articulated in trying to uh, summarize a, a, a common theme. It, it seemed like yeah. you were kind of struggling because the experience looked like it was taking you in a lot of um, different places. Um, talk about that a little bit. Yeah, well, you know, so this is what writers do, right? They go out and you try to, you try to synthesize something. One, one of the things that I do that, you know, is kind of this idiotic Don Quixote thing is that I try to, Make put the list into a into a full article form rather than just making a list. I, I you know nobody nobody cares, but I still try to you know link it together in some kind of thematic, um, you know prose. Um, and you know what I've done in the past is is tried to synthesize something about what it means to eat in America. Big capital letters. What it means to eat in America today. Um, and I realized that you know one of the things that makes eating out in America so wonderful now, which is that there's this incredible diverse ecosystem that runs from, you know, pop-up tacos on the street, uh, you know, in the middle of the night to high-end tasting menus, um, also means that none of it makes any sense anymore. Um, you know, there's, there's very little, you could, you could sit and talk with somebody who says, yeah, you know what, the future of dining is all going to be robots doing fast casual. Nobody wants to sit in the dining room anymore. Um, you know, these millennials, they, they only want to bring home their salads. Um, or you could talk to somebody who says, you know, that, uh, that fine dining is coming back and, 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 you know, we all want to go eat prime rib, uh, like our parents did. Um, and finally, I just said to hell with it. Uh, the great American aesthetic may be confusion right now. You know, we don't know. I know we're all hungry. Um, I know we all believe that food is part of our identity, you know, in a way that we probably didn't 20 years ago, but what exactly that identity is, is, uh, seems to be seems to be kind of up for grabs still. So, so so two things on that. First of all, don't say no one cares. I, as an English major, uh, yeah, at least a couple decades ago, still am looking very much for, for kind of a, a theme, a unifying uh, kind of topic. And uh, on that note, this has been an ongoing conversation. I've talked to a lot of folks over the course of, of this, this podcast. We've uh, been around since July of last year. And this, this sort of recurring theme um, that comes out is, uh, I, I'm, I, I think it's funny you call it confusion. It, it is in, indeed this idea that um, there's kind of a place for, for everybody. Uh, and I, I want to use, and I know that... that uh, we on this podcast are big fans of Dave Chang and his work and, and Major sure. Domo, but but the theme that you just articulated um, is is really 
I, I feel like best exemplified by you gave uh, Major Domo a wonderful long treatment, but I think this sort of um, push and pull of, of different influences and different sort of delivery mechanisms is really embodied by what Dave is doing at Major Domo right now. I liked very much the the um, highlights uh, that you pulled out in terms of the cuisine um, notions of, of the Asian cuisine married up with Italian cuisine. And then on top of that, there is American meat. There is very much American meat. And then, you know, he has this, the, 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 the great um, opportunity to introduce at Major Domo, something that he's only experienced since he's lived in California, which is this terrific produce that he couldn't get um, in his, yeah. his time in New York. And, you know, that that's really, uh, you know, from the moment you walk in the door, your expectations are, are kind of set. Uh, you, you have to reset what, what you might be thinking about. What, what do you think about, you know, sort of Major Domo as, as a, you know, expression of, of that push and pull that you're kind of identified in the article? I mean, you know, look, that's what Chang has been doing for the last 10 years. He's, he's been exemplifying what's going on elsewhere, but usually a few steps ahead. Believe me, the, the, the last thing I wanted to do was include a David Chang re- a restaurant this year. <laughs> um, I mean, I've written about him for a long time. We, 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 we you know, I, 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 we were in Tokyo together many years ago. Um, you know, I roll my eyes at me including a, a David Chang restaurant. Um, sure. But the place feels, feels like... Um, you know, it, it feels like you're absolutely right. It exemplifies this this kind of moment in a way that he has this gift for. Um, I, I say in the piece that, you know, in some ways you can look back at his career and what it is, as much as it's a, a, a career in food, it's, it's really, if I can make this distinction, it's a career in restaurants. It's a career of this, this kind of restless exploration of, of, of what American restaurants look like. And so he's tried, you know, fast food and he's tried... Um, uh, you know, the highest end dining with Co. He brought that in from, from you know, Japanese dining and, and European dining. Uh, and I, I call this in the story, I call this this kind of utopian cheesecake factory, um, which is <laughs> to say, you know, it's, it's a place that you really, that's comfortable. You bring the family, you know, and um, and that has, but that's, that's still super challenging on the plate. Um, and it's challenging and delicious simultaneously. And, you know, I, I you know, Chang is a person who, who early on in, in in his career, you got the feeling that you know it was going to be delicious, but you were going to be punished for it. You know, right, and, right. Uh, and this is a place that's delicious, but you're you know, and and, and you're comfortable. Um, we have a kinder, so gentler Chang I, now. Yeah, I say you know, it, it, which is sort of the last thing on earth I ever thought I'd see. You know, <laughs> when I first started covering him, um, and I, I, I think that's a reflection of, of where he is and, and you know his, his maturing and. You know, God knows, like I say, you know, he gets, there's been no shortage of ink spilled on David Chang, but I, I do yeah. think that his, his, uh, his restlessness and his, his honest uh, um, exploration of what, what, what dining's going to look like from year to year just still, still really ahead of the game. So I, I was happy to include it, and I think it's a great place to compete. So yeah, well, I, I, I can't wait to get out there, but you and I are in agreement. That's enough words on David Chang. The, the, yeah. the other yeah, one that, that jumped... Again. I just talked for like I, two minutes. I, I know. Well, it's, it's impossible because, you know, uh, he, he's doing the right thing. I'm interested yeah. in um, your experience at Justin Yu's restaurant, Theodore Rex. We had Justin on um, right after Hurricane Harvey, um, you know, with some some number of weeks uh, where, where he came on, he and Chris Shepard came on and we wanted to encourage folks who maybe had travel plans down to Houston to keep those plans and get down there and help Houston get back on their feet. Um, Theodore Rex had not yet opened uh, because of the hurricane or it, the, the opening had been right. set back. But the other theme that you um, are identified in the piece, and I felt like uh, Theodore Rex um, maybe was it was a good vehicle for this was the high low uh combination that is sort of taking high concept uh um you know food that people might regard as as kind of you know uh, mainstream and then elevating it uh, high or taking high concept food and presenting it with no frills and it sounded like from your your write-up of of theodore rex and justin's uh, efforts there that maybe that restaurant fits that 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 description yeah, I think that's right. Um, I mean, now his place, um, which I never uh, was at, unfortunately, you know, Justin came off of doing um, uh, scripted tasting menus um, at uh, at his previous restaurant, and 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 this is 
you know, ostensibly a more casual version of that, although the food is still, you know, super high technique, super um, chefy in some ways, uh, but it doesn't require the kind of, you know, you can sort of appreciate it on either level. You can sit there and you can dissect why is this little slice of, of, of snap pea change flavor as I'm eating it, um, you know, if I'm going back and forth between the, um, between the, uh, the, the grapefruit segment that it's paired with and, and something else. Or you could just, you know, be on a date and talking about the, the game and, and kind of scarf it down. And, and I, I, in some ways, that's the kind of glory, that's a great promise of dining fine dining in America in 2018 is like you can be sitting comfortably in what in a place with the Rolling Stones on the on the um, on the sound system and enjoying the highest level of food, you know, um, without any of the pretensions. Now, I sometimes like the pretensions. I love I love a white tablecloth. I love. There are times when I you know and I want to be in a temple of food. Um, right. But this is just you know this, this corner place that. You know, we've begun to take for granted that we can we can find and eat it. You know, the the, the, low, the level there's so much talent and so many people who who have wanted to become chefs and you know have that kind of vision that uh, that, that it, we have access to. Is that is that sort of what you were getting at? Yeah, yeah. And I wanted it in your words. I didn't mean to try. And you you wrote the article. You've eaten there, and I haven't. I just am <laughs> sort of responding to what I've seen. All right, Brett. I'm gonna I'm gonna I want to put you on the spot in a minute. I want the 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 sort of best experience you had at a restaurant and the best dish but i'm going to let you think about those two things cuz i'm very intrigued by june baby up in seattle washington this idea of southern food and perhaps you know the the northernmost of the contiguous states <laughs> yeah um, you know, in fact, they won the and, uh, June Baby won the James Beard Award for Best New Restaurant just last night. So um, I am not alone at all in in, in thinking it's, it's an extraordinary place. I mean, I, it sounds funny when you when you think about it. You know, this incredible southern restaurant in Seattle. Um, but in some ways, you know, living in the South myself, I, I can see how the freedom to explore southern food outside of regional kind of prejudices, you know, uh, it, it, it might be a good thing. So there's this um, this incredible chef named uh, Eduardo Jordan, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, uh, who's, who's up there. He's from um, St. Petersburg or around there. And he's opened this, this place in a, in, a, in a neighborhood in Seattle that serves, this. it's almost like a, um, you know, a, a, a historical journey through the South, particularly through the African-American South, which is, which is you know, obviously a very complicated, um, you know, set of, of, of dishes and, and ideas. And so you've got this, you know, this some West African stuff, you've got, um, stuff that, uh, that was, you know, comes out of new Orleans. Um, the, the, the signature dish that he does, and he doesn't try to fancy it up or, or, or gussy it up in any way is, is chitlin, which is something that, you know, um, some people can take and some people can't. I, I, Think about it all the time since I had it there. I mean, I, 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 I my mind has a moment of, of, of kind of disgust where I'm trying to figure out what this sensory data is that's, that's coming in, and then something takes over in my belly, and I just can't stop eating this stuff. Um, <laughs> but it's truly a special place, and it's the kind of place that that, that the food does. You know, one of the things I think we're we're um, we're, we're moving past is this kind of mansplaining restaurant or an over-explaining restaurant. You can go there and you can have an extremely profound experience without being lectured at all. Uh, and then, on the other hand, if, if you want to, he's got a whole sort of dictionary of, uh, of, of, of culinary, southern culinary terms and, and ways in which you can have a much deeper experience also. So it's a pretty special place. I think you should get up there if you can. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I don't know when my travels are going to take me to the Pacific Northwest, but I, I'm, I'm feeling very uh, uh, committed to doing so in 2018 while June Baby's at the top of the list. I, I, I might need some help getting in there. Maybe I'll, I'll call. I need you to make a call, and we'll get our mutual pal Adam Rappaport to make a call, and maybe the combined weight of you two guys. I mean, now that the June Baby's at the top of the James Beard list, uh, yeah. it's going to be a, 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 tough, a tough reservation. All right, I, I, yeah. I, I warned you. 
that I was going to ask yeah. for. And, and this doesn't mean we're not asking Brett to say this is the number one restaurant in America at the time. And this is the number one dish. I just want your own from your own experience that those three months where you're away from your family, you're out on the road, yeah. you're, you're, you know, something had to have really resonated. And, and there I, I'm hoping that there's one that that stood out in both in terms of dish and in restaurant experience. Yeah, that's really it's incredibly hard because, I mean, of course, I had a bunch of those moments, um, you know, and a bunch of crappy moments, too. Um, I mean, I, I really, you know, there's still that I, I write about dialogue in L.A., which I think is yes. an extremely special place, um, yeah. you know, which is as high, it's, it's, it's $260 a head or something like that, you know, very precious um, uh, um, tasting menu. But, but it, you know, which is, I think, a big part of. of you know, how dining is going today also. And I don't think, you know, it's obviously something that a lot of people can't afford or aren't inclined to do, but can be a really special experience. And I, I found that was, it's in this storage closet, essentially in a mall in Santa Monica. And you, you know, kind of have to, you get a passcode and you go up the back door and you wind up in this room, but it's not bullshit. It's not cheesy. It's, it's, it's extremely well thought out and totally delicious. Um, so that's, 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 that's a place that, you know, it's, Am I going to go back there? I, no, I can't afford to go back there very often. Um, you know, um, but it was certainly one of the, the best nights of, of all this trip. June Baby was one of them uh, as well. Um, oh, dear. Um, I just had an extraordinary taco in an alley here in, the, in New Orleans, a place that opened up after I finished my list. Uh, there's, a, there's a couple who used to own a restaurant. Now they've opened up a um uh, uh, tacos in this, in this alley that has a voodoo temple at the end. It's like something from the old, you know, tourist. Oh, I love this. Um, I love this. Can we name uh, it? Let's it, name names. What's it called? It's, it's called Rosalita's, and it's in a it's in an alley that, that is between two streets called Desire and Piety, so it's super poetic. <laughs> and, uh, the, the, so the, New Orleans. The walls, <laughs> yeah, the walls are covered with voodoo um, drawings and things because there's a working voodoo temple at the end. And, uh, and these guys... Um, you know, quit their restaurant and, and started doing tacos just on the day, during the day on Saturday and Sunday and, uh, and on Tuesday nights, Taco Tuesday and, uh, Taco and Tuesday. Extraordinary. So, yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of, I mean, the nice thing is, this is the one thing I, you know, and I, I say this, like, I don't have a lot of, I've been doing this a long time. So I've, I feel like I've got some, some qualifications, but really the only qualification that, that matters, I think, in, in this job is to be open to the varieties of pleasure. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, I, I like to, and it's not easy when, you know, it's really unseemly to complain about this job. But, you know, after two dinners a night for 12 days in Detroit in January, you know, you, the body starts to rebel a little bit, and, and frankly, you're not all that hungry anymore. But that's to me the struggle is, you know, is being open to having the moments you're describing as many places as I can, um, you know, in as many ways as I can. Well, I I, want to thank you. We, uh, on the show, um, you know, sort of use this idea of, of, of crowdsourcing. We call it belly sourcing here on House of Carbs, where we constantly have folks uh, sending us pictures or sending us input from their um, local local regions, neighborhoods about great experiences that they've had. But we get this this constantly from folks. I'm headed to New York. I'm headed to L.A. I'm headed to Chicago. Uh, can you name one place that I ought to uh, make sure I try and, and and get into and so here we go this is the perfect list gq.com uh brett martin is the author and he sacrificed three months of his life so the the least you can do is is check out the story brett before i let you go i want to have a quick chat i i'm very much hopeful that that our first meal together it'll be me you and our mutual pal uh mutual pals adam rapaport and jason gay jason was kind enough to hook us up uh now yeah. i know with with rapo we're gonna have to he, he he can be a little extra i know you had a meal yeah. with him recently at at the grill which is you know the the new uh invention reinvention of the famed restaurant in the four seasons hotel uh in new york city so the highest of of high end and let, let's just yeah. share let's share with the hungry homies the the, the kind of behavior that Rappo was up to. Yeah, this is a grown man. Let's just let's establish that first of all, right? Um, well, and a friend of the pod. I mean, he's on this podcast all the time. They know Adam Rappaport. 
Okay, well, good. So, so this was peak Rappo. Was we were? I don't even know how it happened, but I turned to my left, and he was returning a glass of seltzer for not being. And he was really emoting. He had his hands. He was trying to explain to this, this server that it wasn't crisp enough or it wasn't tight enough. I don't even remember exactly what his problem was, but the look on this professional waiter's face as as this as Adam was trying to explain why he needed a different club soda for not having the proper crispness of bubbles. Um, uh, uh, basically, uh, it, it was it was a priceless thing. And have you ever have you ever cooked with Adam? By the way, have you ever have you ever has he ever cooked for you? I don't think so. We've had a lot of meals together, uh, but he's not cooked well, for me. No, because he usually tears his shirt off as he's cooking. <laughs> no, you're <laughs> right. I... You'd remember if, if this ever happened. At least they used to. I don't know what it's like anymore. We haven't. It hasn't been. It's been ten years or so since, since those days. But uh, but yes, it's always a treat uh, and, and always an adventure and always something I have to disavow with, with the rest of the staff whenever we go out together. But let's all do it. And, and as far as I know, Jason Gay is a wonderful guest, so a uh, wonderful dinner guest, so I'd love to, for the four of us, yeah. to do it. He, he hasn't returned his seltzer water, and I th- I'm pretty sure he'll keep his shirt on. Uh, I'm, I'm looking very, very forward to it. And just to be fair to Rappo, uh, we bonded over Popeye's fried chicken, so I, I don't want to make him see, come out to be extra fussy on here, although he does have his moments. I did see him right. uh, get an ice bucket for a bottle of red wine that didn't come out to the temperature that he liked. Yeah, he's got very particular. He's, he's not. He's not a snob. At, at, no, no, he's not a snob at all. That's not what I mean. He's just special. He's just special. Special. That's it. Well, we're going to have a special meal, the four of us. We'll have to come up with a great destination. Brett Martin, thank you so much for coming on here. Hungry Homies, you now have 13 restaurants in these great United States, and you have six months left to check them out. GQ.com, the best new restaurants of America. Hey, Brett, thanks for coming on today, my friend. Thank you. It was great. Can't wait to do it again. All right, big, big thanks to our pal, Brett Martin, GQ.com, the best new restaurants in America. Check it out. Before we get to food news with Juliet, how about a nice word from our pals? Hungry homies, are you hiring? You're posting your position to job sites. You're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting for the right people to see it. ZipRecruiter knew there was a smarter way, and so they built a platform that finds the right job candidates for you. ZipRecruiter learns what you're looking for, and they identify people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. These invitations have revolutionized how you find your next hire. In fact, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just just one day and ZipRecruiter does not stop there. They even spotlight the strongest applications you receive so you never miss a great match. Right now, House of Carbs listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. F-R-E-E. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash carbs. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash C-A-R-B-S. ZipRecruiter.com slash carbs. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. Oh, hungry homies. Always fun to take a minute to talk about Thomas's English muffins. Are you looking for a breakfast that is worth skipping the snooze button for? Thomas's is the only breakfast brand that delivers a one-of-a-kind eating experience with its original nooks and crannies english muffin my hungry homies you've heard me talk about this there's nothing quite like that nooks and crannies texture the perfectly toasted to give you those irresistibly crispy edges with a soft warm center take it from a true fan the secret to revealing that perfect nooks and crannies goodness every time you pull apart uh, the the english muffin halves you pull them apart you can use a fork if you want to but don't you dare use a knife you need the nooks and crannies you need the canyons and the valleys my friends next you lightly toast each half and right away as soon as they pop up get your hands a little hot it's okay to burn your hands 
get those things, get the butter and spread it right on top of you. Watch the butter melt and pool inside all those amazing little nooks and crannies spaces. It is a delicious burst of flavor in every warm, toasty, buttery bite. If you haven't had them already, I don't know what's wrong with you, but let me help you. You have to toast and butter some Thomas's Nooks and Crannies English muffins. They are truly like no other. All right, Taste Buds, you know what time it is. We are now ready for some food news. Yo, Juliet. Hi, House. I got breaking news for you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're, we're whoa. jumping right in. We have whoa. breaking news. It's hot, hot, hot. We can't wait. Let's get right to it. Are you familiar with Tate's Bake Shop, the delicious chocolate chip cookies? Oh, my God. Am I familiar? Those are those are my cookies. We're talking about my cookies right now, Tate's Bake Shop. The, com- the company, Tate's, has been purchased for $500 million by Mondelez International, the, you know, the, the big snack yeah. brand. They the, do the, the, the Cadbury, food Chips the International Ahoy. Con- yeah. 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 It's Honey Made. They got so many brands. Um, I love Tate's cookies. I hope they don't change anything. I mean, they're so delicious. I'm speechless by the price. Five hundred million for 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 chocolate. They are my favorite chocolate chip cookies, and I will tell you, I've tried a lot of different um, variations. I always go right back to the, just the the very basic chocolate chip. I've tried the ones with nuts. I've tried the gluten free, uh, but I, I'm just going right back to the traditional chocolate chip. I love the crispiness of Me Tate's, too. and that's why they are my cookie. I love them, and I once accidentally purchased the. Gluten- gluten-free kind and they were still really good yeah okay well i'm 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 not against it i'm still willing to give them a try sure do you know what's really good a homemade chip witch with tate's cookies i like to do some strawberry ice cream in the middle oh my see look this is why you are the better half of this this food (laughs) news combo that we have going here now i i it, it's quite obvious now that you say it that way that it makes all the sense in the world do you know how i eat my tate's I take two cookies and I stick them in the bowl with my ice cream. Oh, but yes. But then I, I puncture them in the middle and I because I want them to crumble. Because at the essence of it, I want crunchy ice cream. I want bites like sort of large size bites of, of a chunky, crispy chocolate chip cookie that I can have with that with the cool, soothing, delicious, you know, vanilla milk fat of whatever the ice cream is <laughs> that I'm eating at the moment. That sounds really good. I should try Doesn't that too. Good? Yeah, that well, sounds I'm incredible. Try. So I have your chip. What is now? Is there a brand of the strawberry ice cream that you're partial to? Um, my favorite ice cream in the history of ice cream is the Haagen Dazs strawberry. Like I just yeah, sure. think it's a classic. It's delicious. You can't go it, wrong. It's a capital O, capital G ice cream. Yeah. It's the, uh, yeah. Now I will tell you, I had a. Uh, I think it was called roasted strawberry or was it some kind of I had a version of a strawberry from the from a DC based uh, manufacturer called Dolceza mm. which is obviously appealing. Uh, they do ice creams and sorbets and they had a, a maybe it was burned strawberry but it was really delicious. So I might do my local uh, in between some tastes to start and then I can always have the OG Haagen-Dazs I um, also, come around. I like the Tillamook strawberry as well. Have you ever had oh, that? Oh yeah, Tillamook. So I don't, I can't. I have to go out of my way to get Tillamook. It's it's a uh, uh, you know I get, they have it at Whole Foods, but it's too far down the 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 expensive portion of the aisle. So I'm <laughs> I get stuck on the on the cheaper end at the Whole Foods. Tillamook is pretty standard here in LA. I think ice cream is expensive in LA, but Tillamook is really good, and they have a really really good strawberry as well. So okay. ch- try it with your Tates. I I'm excited about this. I think, but I'm also nervous. Just hope the Tates doesn't change. You said it. The the most important thing for Tate's is to just let Tate's be Tate's. Yeah, Don't like- you know, Mondelez, God bless you. They they recognize the opportunity to 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 buy something delicious that the people love. And they don't have to do anything but, you know, collect the investment, collect on the investment. You know, I hope Mr. and Mrs. Tate got rich from that 500 million bucks uh, and that but they're they're still committed. They're still going to have a role in, in producing these wonderful cookies because we can't have any kind of diminishment in, in the, uh, the, the the deliciousness. I completely, completely agree. Stay you. Yeah, that's it. Stay you. <laughs> Are you ready for the next story? Let's talk some stories. Okay. Um, this is not breaking news, but it does 
uh, pertain to events happening the day this podcast is released, which is Wednesday, May 9th. JetBlue, the official um, airline of New York City, as they like to tell you, is flying in pizza from New York to L.A., and you can order it online. It is so freaky and weird. It's also like extremely limited, a limited per, per their their website jetblue.pizza from May 9th to May 11th, a limited quantity of 350 pizzas will be available for purchase each day. We'll deliver to a select area in LA right to your door, so act fast. Ordering opens daily at 12 a.m. Pacific. Pizzas are first come first serve. So as I read this story to you house, ordering for the first day opens up in 9 hours. 14 minutes and 40 seconds. <laughs> and and are they going to, how are they going to rank? Because obviously they're going to get more than 350 orders. So how, how do you, how do you, do you have to be, go to a secondary market and find a scalper? I guess To get so. you your place in line? I guess. I mean, I mean what are you going to do? I think, I just want to say, someone who does a lot of um, like special internet builds, special projects for the ringer. The sites like this are really subject to a crash. I'm really worried that the site's going to go down. It's like not going to work out right. <laughs> you you think I, I, the, the the number of people interested in the New York pizza coming basically hot, right? I mean, it's it's going to be all of six hours to six and a half hours old from you know door to door. Well, that the the what do you think it'll take longer? I I don't I don't know. I'm I don't think it'll take longer. The flight is you know. Um, it's a good six hours. And then I'm just wondering, like, is there an express route out out of LAX for the pizza? Or do you have to? Because that's another hour. There, there better be. There better be an express. They better have a, a car in the jetway. I mean, let's let's if you're going to call it authentic, then 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 deliver authentic. What, what I'm most intrigued by with this, Juliet, you and I have had a lot of conversations on food news about innovations in delivery and the mechanisms by which food gets prepared in a restaurant and then gets transported out of the restaurant. Um, we've talked about robots. We've talked about, you know, Domino's doing different things. Um, we've talked about the delivery experience. This feels like an innovation that somebody with scale could really go knock out of the park. It's true. I'm not, I'm not sure who. Like it, it can't be cost effective, right? But, but maybe there's a way for it to work. Yeah, I mean, if you go to the JetBlue.pizza slash FAQ page, there's a lot about like how they're ensuring the pizza is still gonna be good. And they have they, they worked with a special pizza chef who is overseeing the logistics of the pizza to quote them the pizza's journey to ensure quality is maintained throughout the process. So the pizza is like mostly cooked in New York and then it's packed for the travel and then it's finished off in an oven oh, in LA. Oh, well, there's, there's there's lag time, but the lag time you want that lag time because they're finishing your pizza to the proper Patsy's uh, uh, designation to the proper Patsy standards, and in, in an oven that that obviously has to meet Patsy standards there in LA. Now, now you really got my attention. Yeah. So it's also um, fairly limited delivery zone. Like my home is outside of the delivery zone. So I think that way they, they know it's going to be good. Like I, this is, I'm going to be honest, this is basically for Santa Monica. This is West Side Bias of, of Los oh, Angeles. So, like Santa Monica needs, you know, access to any more great stuff. Come on. I know. I know. But. I understand logistically, Santa Monica, how proximate it is to, to the airport. It's close, yes. You just, you just use an interesting word, and I don't want to belabor this story too much more, but this really is like a logistics problem. It's a logistics uh, idea. So it's a very, you know, I really feel like somebody with scale ought to be able to deliver. So he, I, I'm tired of getting uh, on Instagram and Twitter, Bill Simmons sending me pictures of his effing, you know, 10th major domo, you know, the APL ribs or the, yeah. you know, the, 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 the uni, uh, um, the, the uni pasta or whatever the thing is that he's eating in the moment. I, I, I want there to be some innovation where um, I, I ought to be able to, to now it, it's impossible, but I, I'm just saying this. I, I wish it was possible to get food coast to coast uh, and, and, and let us sort of enjoy that experience, um, you know, in a way that we can share with, with the, the all, all of our hungry homies. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, we need a food fax. Like you can transmit paper and like pictures, but we need something for food. Like it's like a teleportation for food. 
That's it. That's really it. Whoever can come up with teleportation. We need to get Elon Musk on this shit. Seriously, stop going to the Met Gala with your new girlfriend and go to (laughs) figure out how to teleport food. and Go to something that's really good for humanity. I've long wanted to be able to teleport, so this is important to me. (laughs) On that note. (laughs) On that note, let me tell you about another story. This is from St. Petersburg, Florida. A St. Petersburg woman called 911 twice within a nearly four-hour span last Friday, May 4th. May the 4th, as some know it. And she... (laughs) This is so funny. She claimed she had a medical emergency, according to the Pinellas County Sheriff's Office. Turns out the emergency was that she needed beer. And it's not the first time she's used 911 system for non-emergencies, according to an arrest report. Jennifer Sue Sunday placed two 911 calls from her home saying she had a medical emergency and paramedics arrived. She told them that she needed a beer. She appeared under the influence of alcohol when she first arrested when she was first arrested at her home following the second call. Sunday, that's her name, was arrested on Friday and released on her own recognizance. According to the arrest report, Sunday has placed 28 calls to 911 since February falsely claiming she needed she had a medical emergency. So, she's okay. No one seems to have been hurt by this except for it's a waste of time uh, for some people. And perhaps she was under the influence. But I'm going to say this is funny because nothing bad happened to anyone. (laughs) Yeah, this is the thing. We're right on. We're straddling that fine line between, you know, a person with with obvious, you know, psychological challenges. But just the the wherewithal to identify beer as the thing that she needed. It was the most important thing to her in that moment. And she knew she could get somebody on the phone if she dialed 911. Now, of course, this is in Florida because it, it couldn't happen anywhere else on, on planet Earth. I will say there is this phenomena, and I'm, this is going on to the other side of it. Uh, I've seen stories that have sort of done a deep dive on, on you know, 911 and how people it, it is in, in, a, in a way kind of similar to uh, the manner in which our police force here in the United States and I'm not going to go too far astray so don't worry um, has become need nest out of necessity have to become some mental health professionals because they get called in on so many instances where somebody's you know in, in some for, type of episode uh, and you know it's it's it, maybe a, the law is being broken but as much as anything this is a person going through some kind of duress or distress the 911 call the is also a vehicle for for folks who are going you know through challenges or, or have challenges and, and need somebody to talk to this is still funny because she ordered beer yeah it's beer right um it's it's really true uh, it's just uh, <laughs> you know she's okay so or as far as we know there's just no there's no huge harm here so we're okay celebrating the story and we don't recommend you do this we don't want to recommend anybody calling 911 for any reason other than a medical emergency. That said, this is funny. It is funny. <laughs> um, I hope she gets some beer if that's what she wants. I think what she got was handcuffs. I know, unfortunately. It's not not just another reason to not do this. You it's not going to end well for you. It will not it will not end well. That's right. <laughs> um, one final story for you. Hit me. We just can't. We can't go a week without some good fast food news. So this is about Taco Bell, one of my favorite places. And yeah. I just want to say that uh, Taco Bell is bringing back its over-the-top naked chicken chalupa this week. So, oh my! If you don't remember, this is from Eater. I don't. The item I don't can, remember. The item consists of chalupa filling stuffed inside a taco shell-shaped fried chicken cutlet. <sighs> so there's no taco shell. It's just a chicken cutlet holding all of oh, the yeah. materials. Oh yeah! I remember this. Yeah. Of course, I remember this. Yeah. I was just talking over you. I'm sorry. No, no, no problem at all. <laughs> Is it nationwide? Um, yes, I believe so. So I, I can go to my, well, I'm in Jacksonville, Florida at the moment. I know you I can are? find Taco Bell here. Yeah, yeah. You know, I live this dual, I live this, this, this at least, at least triple legged life. I'm, I'm, I'm down here. It's the players championship down here oh. this week, Juliet. So oh. that's, that's, they, they, they like to call it the fifth major. I'm of not going to call it the fifth How major, but you know, <laughs> but it is beautiful down here. You know what they have plenty of down here in Jacksonville, Florida. What's that? Taco, Taco Bells? Bells? Yeah, lots of Taco Bells. Nice. I'd like I'd like to find one where they serve beer. I don't know if they have any of those. We, the we cantina. About it's called the cantina. Taco the Bell cantina. cantina. Yeah. I'd love to find a cantina and get a naked ch- chicken chalupa. I mean, you kidding me? That's it's truly true. Um, by the way, London is getting a Taco Bell. 
That makes sense. Why? Why not? Yeah. They, 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 the, 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 the Brits love tacos. Yeah, of course. I, I look forward to London having one because I love London. Maybe, maybe if I'm sick of English food next time I'm there, I'll just chop in Taco Bell. Well, yeah, you, the, it ensures that you don't have to pay, uh, you know, ninety dollars for for um, you know a, a, a snack. Yeah, exactly. L- London's too expensive. Qu- it is quite expensive there. Yeah, it's really there true. Um, that's all I got for you, man. Those are three good ones. I'm so glad this the JetBlue one is really blowing my mind. We need somebody to write in or send us a picture and give us a review of how this is going to go down. It seems very exclusive. I don't know who who we who we can call uh, to get you know somebody to route one of those pizzas over to the Ringer offices. But that seems like it would be a nice gesture from somebody. Seriously, who can I get to yeah. do it? I don't know. We 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 have a lot of folks that are uh, pretty high up the food chain. Maybe somebody like uh, Nathan Hubbard. That's who I would call. Oh. Interesting you suggestion. Know, he's I'll a logistics try. guy. Sure. I'll right? try, try it out. He could face recognize uh, the del- delivery driver and get him to bring the thing over. Okay, great. Boom. Th- thanks so much, House. Great to talk to you. Enjoy. Love you, Julia. Enjoy the Players' Championship. Yeah, I'm gonna. Oh, Hungry Homies, there we go. We've done it. Another outstanding episode of House of Carbs. Let me please encourage you, all of my taste buds out there, if you get yourself the Taco Bell and you're you're, you're, uh, sitting down with one of those beautiful naked chicken chalupas, we're very excited to have those back. Let's see the the beautiful chalupa. I know they have an all-new wild sauce option Help us belly source. Send in your pictures of the chalupa and the beautiful wild sauce. We'll throw them up on, on the House of Carbs Instagram at the House of Carbs. Hit us up there. Do your very best. Get your food light and we'll, we'll, we'll definitely pimp your chalupa. Until next week, my hungry homies, let's stay hungry out there.